Not long ago, the neighborhood just west of downtown Reno was full of weekly motels, small historic houses in various states of repair, and things that might make you think, only in Nevada, like a wedding chapel from the 1960s, shaped like a faux German cottage with a sign reading, Reno's first drive through chapel, be married in your car. These days, the flavor of this neighborhood is changing fast. The chapel closed last year after it was purchased by Jacobs Entertainment, a casino developer based in Colorado. Jacobs also bought the Sands Casino, the Gold Dust West Casino, and several motels and other properties. Some of them have been bulldozed to make way for a large new development. In July, Jacobs installed one of the first publicly visible parts of this development, four giant Burning Man sculptures. Reporter Holly Hutchings asked around to find out what people think of this new work, and she found a few different perspectives. Well, we were walking by here and it was like, oh my god, look at this. Like, they cleared that lot and there were two pieces of art on it. And what? And then we saw this. this is, and I didn't know if this had been here before. Has this been here very long? I, I often stay at the Sands going to and from Burning Man, so it's great to see it here. That's Daz Jacoby of Northern California who said that art like this helps her shed previous negative feelings she had about the area. But a local woman named Faith, who sat waiting for a bus to take her home from work, offered a different take. They're pretty, but they can be in an art museum to be pretty. It's kind of a waste of space. I just think it's a ploy <laughs> to start raising rent, because it's still downtown. People are just calling it Midtown now, it's downtown. You still have all the homeless people here. You still have all the crazy people walking around. You still have the bus station. It's downtown. So that's my personal opinion. If you're homeless, who wants to look at a piece of pretty art? You want somewhere to live, so. The works are part of a larger project by Jacobs Entertainment. The developer says they want people to walk up and down 4th Street and be comfortable. There will be eight to 10 Burning Man sculptures that rotate through every couple of years. Whatever your opinion, the pieces will catch your eye, and the artists who have made them, initially for Burning Man, have spent many months and lots of money to bring them to life. A huge, rusty-looking, rearing horse is one of them. It's built by Elko artist and inventor Barry Crawford and is made totally of objects found from all over the place. There's quite a few cool parts in there. There's washing machine legs from a old really old-style cylindrical washing machines, the, the ones with an open top. Uh, I found some of those in a, in a friend's dump, um, so those are pretty antique. Uh, as, and it actually has, I believe, um, a horse-drawn wagon axle ends in, uh, in the legs. Most of my work is... Um, made of a combination of found objects and fabricated parts on a lot of my pieces. It will be a lot more towards mostly fabricated parts with just, you'll notice here and there, uh, a recognizable part off of something else. Um, and then other pieces I go the other way and it'll be a few, a few fabricated parts that are necessary to do what I'm trying to do, but most of it will be uh, recognizable objects um, from agricultural machinery and uh, cars and household items and whatever I can find made out of steel. There are interactive components to the rearing horse, too, with motors and cranks that people can use to move it. 
but Crawford thinks those will be showcased on special occasions. But when they have those on, you can turn the cranks and it will actually move. It's got uh, four different mechanisms that uh, lose various parts of it, but it has to be turned on for that to work. Mm. Um, but there are cranks around the fence, and that is how it is meant to be interacted with. The rest of the time, I guess, you know, sit back and enjoy. He had no idea when he made this piece for the playa that it would end up being picked for a run like this. He says he's ecstatic to have been selected to be part of this project. There's no guarantee for artists like this that the work that they've labored long on will pay off after the week of Burning Man. Well, it's absolutely a risky thing, you know. I mean, you put a huge amount of time and energy and money into a project, and, you know, you don't know for sure if you're going to get away with it as far as financially speaking because, I mean, you just don't know. It is a lot of eggs to put in one basket, but so far I've gotten away with it. The land that now hosts Crawford's Peace used to be the home of the Lido Inn, one of the many motels that have come down as projects like this one take shape. Some say the loss of those buildings is troubling. Ben Castro is the executive director of RISE, the Reno Initiative for Shelter and Equality. We grabbed coffee recently, and he told me what he had hoped to see occupying these lots. When they originally started buying up these properties, what was it, two years ago, three years ago, um, and started tearing them down, a lot of it was under the guise of affordable housing is coming, uh, and at the time they were dubbing it the Fountain District. I think it feels like it's a last-minute effort because people started complaining about having empty lots all over uh, West 4th Street. So for me, it, it just seems kind of, um, kind of last-minute. Uh, again, it was just recently announced that they were dubbing it Neon, uh, Neon Line or the Neon District. I don't think they have a lot of major plans. I know that uh, Jacobs Entertainment has officially come out saying that they plan on building 2,000 units, and some of them may be affordable, but I, I think that's still years down the road. And in the meantime, we've, or I, I say we, but we as a community have allowed them to displace upwards of 400 residents with nowhere else to go. He says that many people referred to the motels as de facto affordable housing, as the housing market was already at capacity. And now that those are being torn down and not many are being uh, built to replace them, plus with the constant migration of, of people coming in because of the new jobs, it's making it harder for people on fixed income or uh, low-paying wages to survive. Uh, yeah, there's, I believe, a total of eight or nine have been torn down by Jacobs. Uh, by Jacobs. Um, I do applaud them for what they've done with uh, Renova Flats. Uh, I do like that project. I also do applaud them for relocating some of those uh, older homes. So it's not that they're not trying, but again, I don't think affordable housing or, or building a community for, for long-term residents has ever been their goal. I asked about the condition of some of the motels, as some of the passers-by remarked to me how those buildings were in poor condition and should have somehow been cleaned up. Yeah, absolutely, and, and I absolutely agree with that sentiment, but I, I would say that um, these properties didn't become blighted overnight. They've been going that way for decades. Um, and we didn't, code enforcement didn't seem to care then. Nobody seemed to care about the welfare of the residents then. So now that we're tearing them down, do we care about the people who are actually living in them? I, it, it seems like a false narrative or a distraction. Castro says the art is awe-inspiring and can spark imagination and creativity. But he wonders if these placements are the best use of the land. 
Uh, I mean, as far, uh, don't get me wrong, I have nothing against the art community, and I don't think that uh, houseless advocates should be pitted against art, because that doesn't seem uh, appropriate. It just, to me, again, it feels like a Band-Aid was slapped on um, uh, empty gravel lots, uh, and, and I don't expect to see anything built there anytime soon. Most of the investments I believe that Jacobs is doing is going to be in uh, renovating the sands, renovating Gold Dust West, and I believe it'll be another few years before we see anything pop up there. Um, in the meantime, though, the, the four to 500 people who have been displaced they, they have nowhere to be and their situation's getting worse. I, I, think, I think time is of the essence for many of these folks who are already feeling desperate or low, and I just want to see a sense of urgency from our community about if, if we really do care about our neighbors who are on a fixed income or, or who are retired or who are disabled or who are struggling, um, then, then we need to put more pressure on getting those built. Uh, again, the, the art's beautiful, but um, the, the scars that, that are remaining on that land, I think... Uh, I think are more important. Do I really think that their entire objective is to build uh, affordable housing for low-income seniors or people on disability? No, they're not. They're not a nonprofit. They're a for-profit company. They they do what for-profit companies do, and that's why, as a community, we have regulations. That's why we have a city council to represent our interests. Um, so I I would recommend if this is something that you're interested in, then contact your councilman or woman um, and let them know how you feel about it. Uh, in the meantime, we've got people who need places to stay and we've got a lot of empty land. So I feel if in the interim, while, while Jacobs is uh, renovating the sands and they're, they're building their plans, which since the beginning they really haven't been very transparent about, um, is there something better we could be doing with this land? Is there something better that they could be doing with this land as well? If, I mean, I think the best case scenario would be maybe uh, uh, temporary mobile tiny homes until they developed better plans for that area. But um, I'm not so sure there would be too many people for that. I mean, the Reno Housing Authority owned that lot, uh, what is it, 4th and Arlington right there. They owned that lot for years. In the midst of our affordable housing crisis, they had that land and they sold it to them for pennies on the dollar. So I don't think there are a lot of powerful players here in town who want to see affordable housing downtown because it's, again, uh, it's intimidating to us regular folk to see people living in poverty and it, it makes them afraid to uh, spend money downtown. So if the wheel was squeaky enough, sure, I, maybe they would bend, but honestly, I feel like they would just be willing to, to cut their losses and c continue moving forward with their original agenda. I, I, I understand that progress and development is just part of our, our society and part of our culture, but I think it's important to remember that the reason we keep, we keep growing, the reason we keep um, developing is because we're supposed to make our lives easier. Um, and at one point, I think we all need to stop and think about, is this making it easier for the most vulnerable of our citizens or are we leaving people behind and if we're leaving people behind then what's the whole point of it although not completely clear what exactly will happen as the reno neon line continues to come to life the rgj reports that jacobs is planning to develop up to 2,000 residential units in that area with 10 percent designated as affordable housing this is holly hutchings for the double scoop podcast 
This has been episode five of the Double Scoop podcast. Our host this month is Holly Hutchings. Huge thank you to Reno musician Greg Gilmore for lending us the music clips. For more podcasts, visit doublescoop.art. Not .com, .art. Double Scoop is an independent news source that covers the visual arts in Nevada. We're funded by readers and listeners. If you like our work, consider supporting us via Patreon. You can follow Double Scoop on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and SoundCloud. I'm Chris Wagner. Thanks for listening. Inside, not a soul, no, nothing but air.